Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblioscapes and Discussion. Today, I've got the pleasure of being joined by Scottish photographer Alex Boyd. Good morning, Alex. Good evening to you. Hello. How are you doing, Ian? Well, very well, thanks, and uh, thank you for joining me. It's uh, you and I obviously moved down to Australia, so this is, I think, my first interview that I'm recording very, very early in the morning. But uh, thanks very much for giving me some of your time today to talk about your recent books, uh, Hallied and the Broken Land. Thanks for getting up this early and thanks for buying them. <laughs> You're welcome. So before we get into talking about the books, Alex, it would be great uh, to get a bit of an introduction to you and, and your f- photographic journey. Okay. Um, I guess briefly, I guess you'd say I'm a landscape photographer, but um, I'm just really interested in place and people. Yep. So um, I, yeah, for the last 10, 15 years, I've been either dragging big cameras around or small cameras, working across alternative processes right through to digital um, and I just get hooked on projects and just try to bring those out, either as exhibitions or books. So, and um, the current obsession is military landscapes. I've right. um, been doing it for a while now. But before I was looking at just like um, really fascinated with Scotland and how we look at ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, the shortest description I can give of what I do. <laughs> yeah. No, but it sounds really fascinating. Obviously, you've had, you've published books on St Kilda and I think is it the Hebrides as well or part of the Hebrides. Um, and sure, then yeah. recently, your couple of books were Hallied and The Broken Land, which you self-published, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think yes. um, having, um, having gone with a um, yeah. I thought it'd be good to kind of bring them out myself just to see what that'd be like. Yeah, I, th- I think it gives everyone a different experience from someone who's been down the route of having been published themselves and then also to to the variances and differences from, from doing and undertaking the work themselves to do it. But uh, but they're both beautiful books. Uh, obviously, I think it was Wells Publishing who know what they're doing yeah. when it comes to, to fo- photography, uh, which is always a good, safe pair of hands to go to. Um, but yeah, they're really nice and, and very con- very contrasting, particularly in terms of the, the maybe the tonal range of the images inside. So I, I think one of the first things I'd be really interested in was where, where the ideas and inspiration came for both of the okay. books. Um, Okay, well, um, both books, um, so I tend to sit on projects for a while. I think yep. that, that kind of makes sense, gives you time to like think about them. Um, but these projects, um, I shot both of them in about 2013, I think it was. Okay. And um, it's when I was living up on Isle of Skye. Um, I was the artist in residence with the Gaelic University, Sol Morostig. Okay. And um, I, to that point, I'd made really depressing pictures in black and white. And um, like big moody landscapes using yep. white plate clothing and stuff like that. And um, one of the books, um, The Broken Land, continues that tradition. Uh, yep. Well, the other one, which is um, kind of infrared pictures, um, yes. is the complete opposite. But um, while I was up there, um, I, I was really interested in Gaelic um, language and culture. And um, it was a Gaelic speaking university. And I'm from yep. the Lowlands, so I don't <laughs> have a great deal of Gaelic. So it's a new thing for me. Even yeah. though my family were Gaelic speakers, so I was trying to sort of get in touch with my own heritage, I suppose. Yes, yeah. But yeah, these, these two small books, um, yeah, as you said, I've been with Lua, uh, or Lueth, uh, which was an Edinburgh-based publisher. Yeah. And, um, you know, like had the support of a publishing house and teams of people. Yeah. Um, but when you work with a publisher, you kind of lose some control. So, you know, you had like three people editing the book and, you know, there's conflicts. Yeah. So 
when the book finally comes out, you it doesn't always match like your vision, if that yeah, makes sense. Ab- absolutely, yes. They, they, as you say, if you've got three editors working with you, they will each have their own independent vision of and view of what the book should be, which will no doubt contrast sure. from what yours is. That's the thing, because and the last book, the first book I did, St Kilda, I was really happy with that because um, I sort of let um, it just I worked with a guy called Lachlan Young, yep. um, Glasgow-based um, photographer, and I was really happy with it. Um, but the second book, I didn't have as much um, as much input as that, and I'm not so happy with it. Right. So that yep. like that led me to um, perhaps think, well, maybe I should try bringing out small books, um, yeah. having some another place press and people like that have done. Um, it's really inspiring and yeah. it just makes you want to kind of, you know, I, I got over the idea that I need to produce 200 page books. Precisely. And um, when I saw these beautiful little things, I thought, well, why not? And yeah. they're affordable because yeah. um, when I was growing up, I couldn't afford big coffee table books. And I thought if you sell something for, you know, 12, 14 pounds, you know, that's pretty accessible. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, with these books, um, one of them was on Halleck, which is a clearance village. Yeah. And um, I'd shot that using infrared film previously um but in reality the infrared film didn't look as great as i wanted it so yes. uh, i went back and used a filter uh, on a digital camera and that actually got more of the kind of impact that i yeah. wanted um but yeah it's a village which was cleared uh during the highland clearances yeah and i just wanted to it's quite hard to photograph with lights um without you know um without it just becoming more sort of like ruin porn you know just yet more yes. abandoned crofts so yep. I wanted something with a lot of visual impact. Um, so having seen the infrared had been used quite successfully uh, by some other photographers, like Richard Moss, yes, uh, who did a um, series in, in Africa of um, uh, conflict photography, yep. um, where all these soldiers are dressed in pinks because right. of the... So it, yep. I thought it would be good to bring these kind of colours to the fore and just reinterpret the landscape and make it punchy and kind yep. of, you know, present. Um, the other book, The Broken Land, um, that was sort of a mistake, almost, that book. Oh, right. <laughs> because I, I used to carry around this huge, clunky uh, Mamiya camera. Right. And um, I would do a lot of ridge walking and a lot of like mountain walking up on sky. And one day, um, I'm really clumsy. Um, so I've, you know, I've fallen off a lot of hills, but I really I fell off this hill with the camera. And the camera and myself got dunted um, quite badly. Right. Um, so I've got a small scar from that fall, and the oh. camera was also uh, the lens went off at an angle, of the glass right. inside, and it started producing all these really weird images, which were just sort of, you know, not quite in focus. Yep. Um, and when I started to develop the film, these kind of really odd, spooky images, you know, um, of uh, kind of looming pinnacles and strange landscapes started yeah. appearing. So I thought, I'll just run with it. You know, why not? And um, yeah, I sat on those images for 10 years, not knowing what to do with them. And, you know, 10 years later, um, brought a little book. So, yeah, well, that, that, that's it. As you say, you never know. And, and sometimes it does take a while. Okay, 10 years is maybe quite a while to establish <laughs> what to do. But if you look back 10 years, the, the form of self-publishing in particular would have been far mm-hmm. Would have been very, would have been extremely restrictive and limiting. Whereas now, as, as you mentioned earlier on, um, it's far more affordable and far more accessible, even for everyone to to go down the route of self publishing, um, which I mean, can really bring a, projects to life. I think so. I mean, for me, there's always a fear that you know, if you self publish, this is like a snobbery going back ten years ago that yeah. perhaps no one would take you seriously, and 
it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, back 10 years ago, you know, we had blurb and things like that. And people were bringing out books through that. Um, but now it just, it seems so straightforward and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of given life to these older projects and kind of yeah. given them a new currency. Um, I mean, in future, I'm now working on like proper, if you know what I mean, I say that in inverted commas, 200 page, you know, hardback books. Yes. But I'll be doing myself rather than going through a publisher, publisher. you know, because yeah. so much control and, yeah. um, and also, you know, if you go through a publisher, um, you get a very small return um, on, yep. on book sales. Well, if I sell directly, you know, I can also throw in things like prints and, you know, it's, it. yep. for people who follow what I do, it's, it's, it's much nicer, I think, you know. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. it. You can, add, you can add the personal touch. But yeah, it's, sure. it's quite fascinating about the books, uh, particularly about the broken land. When I was sitting there uh, talking through it with my, and looking through them with my wife last night, <laughs> uh, her first, one of our first comments was that she, it, the, the image is very much reminded of her, what it's like when she does of our contact lenses or glasses, glasses yeah. on. It's, um, and I suppose from my perspective, it's the first time I've kind of seen what she maybe sees when she doesn't have her contact lenses or, or glasses on, but but it, they're really nice. It's and I, I think the I think because of the, the the focal issues of your lens, it really brings out the um, the textures and the tonal ranges. It makes them really very very rich. Yeah, I mean that's you know what your wife said is correct. I actually have very poor eyesight, so without right. my glasses on, um, I can't see very well, and I don't wear my glasses when I go hill walking or out with my camera too much. So I actually see the world not entirely differently from that. So <laughs> if, anyone, if any critics go to my exhibitions in future and say those pictures are out of focus, well, it's yeah, it's uh, that's an that's, accurate way. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the that's the reason why. And I think another thing that also really, I think really, I really get from the work to mm -hmm. the broken land is very much it feels a. Uh, some of, some of the images, they kind of remind me of what I would maybe have taken when I was at school going on a school trip or something like that. And it's it's yeah. it's the shot of grabbing the camera out of the pocket. You've probably taken the shot just as the point is you're moving it to move back into your pocket. And yeah, I think there's, yeah. there's, there's a real feel of like social history going on, which I know obviously you're very much into the documentary yeah. photography as well. And I think it's it, it, it just gives a lovely a lovely feel a very natural feel to what many well, of us would have taken images of back in back in the days thank you it's, it's, it's kind of it's me trying to loosen up a bit um yeah. because again i'd worked with like um five four field cameras and dragged 10 by eights around yeah. and it's like me trying to be kind of more um kind of free-flowing in my approach and you know these are places you know they're they're kind of well-known you know yes. that's the kirak sky a lot of those places yeah um, and i was trying to sort of be kind of more, you know, not take five, 10 minutes to set up a shot, just be like camera in yes. pocket. You know? Yeah. Um, they're and all, they're all handheld and yeah, yeah they do they're kind of more um, like instamatic poems, you know, just like yeah. trying to describe something right there. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was the whole idea behind it. And yeah. yeah, maybe that's why I sat on it for such a while because I was scared, scared to show like uh, me not being so serious all the time or something. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. But I, but I think now as well, people are, are far more experimental with the photography and with work that they produce. I, I think the maybe the set expectations or, or set rules that everyone, people think they should follow are kind of out the window and people produce work and it's there's a, there's a place for everything. And as you say, it's, um, it maybe just takes time for that to come through. 
Yeah, I mean, I think being playful is such an important part of photography. And you know, I don't think that always comes across maybe yeah. in my, like, why do, I do try to be playful. Um, especially like I did a series years ago called Sonnets, which was like this ridiculous man in a landscape wearing braces. And it's meant, you know, um, for, which was kind of parodying old painting and romanticism. But yep. some people didn't quite get the fact that it was sort of sort of a bit of an in-joke. Yes. Um, um, and then other things have been tried to sort of play with history or, but these, these were actually just more like about photographic play. And I'm trying now, even now, since I've come to Australia, um, you know, I'm trying to be, trying to loosen up and just, because it's a new country, a new place I'm seeing yeah. for the first time. I'm just trying to sort of, um, yeah, even just work with my iPhone more, you know, and because all my cameras are in a crate currently halfway across the Indian Ocean, I'm forced to kind of, um, yeah, loosen Thanks. up a bit. So yeah. It's good. I, 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 th- I think these things are all great. And I think, as you see, now that you're working, <clears throat> excuse me, now that you're working with your iPhone while your while your camera equipment travels across, it'll, you'll put when you get your camera back, having worked with a, an entirely different device for a short period of time, but exclusively, it'll, it'll it'll give you a different approach to to how how you how you maybe do your photography going forward as well. For sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I just wish I'd kind of listened up when I was younger, but you know, but <laughs> you know, you love and you learn. I suppose. That's it. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. And another another thing I really like in your in your books is is the text as well, and I think that really complements that complements the images and um because i think some people um and don't get me wrong i'm not saying it's right or wrong in any way but you get a lot of books where it's maybe just pure images then you get somewhere there's there's text at the start mm-hmm. or at the end or sections through it but i really like how the, the text is kind of running through the running through the book and yeah. how, how important was that to you in, in both books i suppose um, well, I'm a big reader, um, so I, you know, in it, or and I listen to a lot of music. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's when I'm out walking or photographing. I tend to be, you know, engaged with something else at the same time. Yeah. So it's kind of part of the process. So when I came to putting these together, um, you know, I went to Halleck, um, yeah, and obviously the, the poem uh, by Sorrelin McLean, uh, which is about the place, which is kind of like probably the best known Gaelic poem. Um, was very very present for me so I thought to make those images you need to have that accompaniment yeah um and for the the broken land book yeah I was I was listening to a lot of Nick Cave and an <laughs> introduction which was quite brief because I don't want it to come sort of you know um too much I talk about you know when I was at that residency it's very strange for me because um you know just in brief I was I'm a I'm from a working class background and I've been given this um artist residency by the Royal Scottish Academy where I could not have to work a job for like, you know, six months or a year and just make work. And I just had complete imposter syndrome. It's like, what, what the hell am I doing here messing around with the camera? And, um, you know, I, I was kind of depressed and kind of up and down and, you know, the whole time to the point where the the people at the um, at Sol Morostig, one of my friends started calling me Alistair Du, which means the black Alexander. And um, I wanted to re- reflect that in the text and actually talk about, you know, my time there was, um, you know, I, was, I did have depression and stuff like that at that time. And, you know, I was listening to a lot of like moody music like Nick Cave. And I thought, you know, it'd be, ni- it'd be nice to take those images which were made kind of in a difficult time and try and raise some money because both books were yes. uh, to raise money for charity um, and do something positive with it. So, yeah, that Nick Cave song, which is in there because um, he gave me, um, I wrote to Nick Cave and he gave me permission to use his, his lyrics in the book. Excellent. Um, uh, I thought they, they matched the images quite well. So yeah, I always, I'm trying to think how to match images and text and yeah, um, yeah it's something that's always kind of present 
uh, in, in one day. Yeah, well, I, th- I think it adds it adds a different element to the book as well, as opposed to it just being a pure body of work. That adds it adds just some it adds a different element and a different experience to it when you're when you're looking through it as the viewer, which I think is a, a nice way of doing it, particularly when there's so much meaning behind the images at the time when they were taken. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, if you can tease out other elements, you know, that might not be kind of conscious. And then people, you know, I've I've included text in previous things I've done. And people will come back to me with interpretations, you know, yes. and things I hadn't even thought about. And it's, it's kind of nice to see how they, you know, you, once you put something out there, you don't really own it anymore. Um, and it, it's kind of good to have other people's experiences, um, yeah, feedback. And then that can build into what you do next and it kind of opens up your own world. It's, it's yeah. kind of lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When, I, when I talk to a lot of people, it's, um, it's always quite interesting it's like give a little bit don't give everything and let people make up their own mind and come to the come to their own conclusion of of what it is they're looking at or what 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 they are seeing as opposed to you get told all the answers and you move on to the next page if it's if it's so obvious but actually if if, if there's something that there that makes you stop and think then then, then that's a, that's a great thing and I'll, I, I think it can be successful, um, sometimes not. I mean, um, for me personally, um, the last book I did, which was um, called Isle of Rust, which there was sort of, um, I've got a sort of personal hero who's Jonathan Meads. He's kind of an architectural right. writer and critic. And um, he wrote an essay on the Outer Hebrides, which is quite different to, norm- to how the um, Outer Hebrides are, are normally portrayed. Um, so I responded to that essay with a series of snapshots I made around the island Yep. And um, the book, I tried, to for- I tried to force as many images into that book as possible so that, yep. you know, different connections could be made. Um, but the whole book in the end was a bit, yeah, it was a bit of a burrach. It just, it didn't really sit together very well. And yep. uh, my attempt to kind of not enforce a narrative. Um, yeah, that, that was me trying to push against something and it just didn't work. But I'm, I'm glad I tried it. Yeah, but absolutely. When I, out, when I bring out that book, I'm going to bring out another version of it. I can refine it. You know, so yes. Well, that's, that, that's um, it. Every, everything's a learning experience. It's, it's, mm. it's speaking to people who have maybe published six or seven books and mm. they, they learn from every single one. And it's always a constant process. You you do things and you think that that will work and it maybe part works or maybe works really well. But actually, you then discover, well, there's another element that you can take it even further. Last thing I like, um, like, so Mark Wilson, for example, I think he's brought yeah. out several versions of The Last Stand. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful book um and he there's slight changes with every version as he kind of works towards you know um this kind of ideal form of it or where he's at with it at that point yeah. i quite like that you know um i don't know if i'll get people i don't know if i'll ask people to buy my books the same book like four times over but yeah but no but no I, as you say and and it 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 just it just shows that there's always scope just to make some some slight yeah. variation and slight slight progression and movement on it as well. And yeah, it's, sure. it's a wonderful book. I must say, I'm looking forward to his new book when it comes out. Oh, yeah, yeah, it'll it's be, gonna be it'll fantastic. Be a, Yes, on the major major list, you know. Oh yeah, so. ab- absolutely. But yeah, obviously talking about your other uh, your other recent book, Hallied, which I <laughs> I when I when I saw the images, I, I was just the the tones and the colors. Well, pretty much the raid, I think, is really just so vibrant, and it it really it the 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 raid really brings out the subject brings out the subject matter, particularly on this image yeah. I'm showing you here, where you, where you can really see the root the the walls, and also on 
on that one where the, where yeah, the path the run, with the, yeah the path in the forest just running through with the with the filter obviously really just makes it very very vibrant i just I was trying to i'd seen there been a number well actually just been one book on highland clearances in scotland and yep. it's hard um what's called uh silence of the glens um right. which is kind of a, a sort of a touristy book almost like a big coffee table thing yep. it's a great book um, but I just was trying to think, well, how do you show something as traumatic as that, but you don't turn it into kind of postcard images? Yes. And um, yeah, I think that red just kind of makes it punchy and kind of gives it. And also yep. the poem talks about, you know, the blood of, I don't mean blood as in the loss of blood, but the lifeblood yep. of communities. Yes. And um, yeah, and also I was just trying to find some way to kind of bring it, bring it very much into the contemporary. And that worked yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's totally different to everything else I've done, really, because it's got colour. Yeah, so. yeah I, I, I think it works really well. And I think some of the images have a real feel of illustration to it, a, a very much softness away from a, actual photography and into, yeah, they feel very illustrative at times. And as I say, it's the, the, the filter just with the, the way it's obviously been applied with the red, it really brings out the subject matter and you can begin to see it very, very clearly going through. Um, and some are exceptionally subtle images as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, thank you. I don't really think of any of them as very subtle, but um, I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I think there are some that, that that do work very well. Obviously, there's particularly. I suppose it's all relative, particularly when the ones that are very much, uh, very much bold and and punchy. and punchy. Yes, that's the word <laughs> I was looking for. But no, I think I think as you say, it's. No, it's... I, I I really like the format of it. I think I think it works particularly well and I really and I really like the, the poetry as well and the text that runs through it because again, it, again it, yeah again, again it adds just a, it adds a different element to it as well when when you can be when you can be reading about this the subject matter and the and the, well, the back you. the background and the history to it because um, I'd imagine for most people Halig is probably not somewhere that they're particularly familiar with i wasn't familiar with the whole background to it either um but it but it, it the the text really complements it and, and creates a lovely a, a lovely overall package well, thank you um i i got in touch with his um sorla mclean um unfortunately died um yeah years ago now but his daughter allowed me to use it and it meant quite a lot that i was allowed to um and also the publisher carcanet were very kind um, yeah. so to do something positive with it as well, because I've I've got so much out of friends of mine who are Gaelic speakers or who have kind of yep. you know people touch with a lot of Gaelic culture. It's changed how I see the landscape, and you know it's nice to give something back as well. Because um, again, that book went on to help um, was it a, a mental health charity now to Hebrides. So yeah. I had seen done, done amazing work. So yeah, to kind of for it to kind of be used to then go back and help people was just you know a nice kind of it felt yeah. it felt like a good yeah and how how did you how did you find the experience obviously this time you yourself you self-published so in terms of sequencing and compiling the body of work how how did yeah. that compare to your previous experiences and did you find the process smooth and easy were there were there any difficult decisions to uh, throw out images that you didn't quite felt fitted in with the, the whole body of work well again i guess this is more like a collaborative thing in some ways i had control yep. over everything um, but I worked with Pierce O'Halloran, who's um, he's a designer who lives in the Outer Hebrides. Yep. And he's got a great eye, I think, for things. And he helped bring those books together. Yep. And, um, you know, it's good to have someone else saying, mm, maybe this is a stronger image, you know, because yes. sometimes you need that as someone to look over your shoulder and, and, you know, argue the point that maybe 
you know, as a designer, that the flow yep. might not work. And yep. um, you know, it was great to have his kind of input. Um, yep. And he also, you know, like for the um, for the Broken Land book, it was him who came up with the idea of these kind of you'd have these spreads of images in white and grayscale, and you turn the page and have the stark black yep. with the white text. And you know, having that designer's input, I mean, the book is as much his creation as his mine. Yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, um, the, yeah, getting to the point of bringing these books out, um, yeah, just I found, you know, I'd seen the great work that you know um, Wells Printing had done, as you mentioned before. Yeah, a safe pair of hands, and I think I'd been saying to Greg for about three years I was going to do something. Then I had a child, which slightly slowed things up. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, well, I'm leaving Scotland um, imminently, so I should do something positive before I leave. Yep. And I was literally posting those books out, you know, the day before I left. <laughs> so, yeah, my wife wasn't best pleased, but yeah, you know, we just, got them just in the nick of time. But yeah, I think also as well as having obviously the designer who's got the, the design flow, I think it's having someone who's not got the emotional connection to the work as well. I think it's always very yeah. important. They, they they can look over your work with a fresh body, of, a fresh pair of eyes, and they see things that you you naturally, I wouldn't say miss, but you you, you you don't you don't necessarily see in your own work because you're I think once you yeah. spent so once you spent so long with certain images you begin to see what you want to see as it is with anything you're it's a, if it's a yeah. piece of writing you're doing you begin to see exactly the words in the order without actually reading over them you skim read. Think, what's the phrase with writing? You you should murder your darlings. You know yeah. the images perhaps you love the best you should not. Yeah. Um, out there but yeah i think just finding someone you trust um and someone who's got a great visual kind of uh, competency and a wide visual vocabulary that they can draw on and they can argue you know why this doesn't doesn't work and pierce yep. was great i mean um with the dusk press that's the kind of self-published but i think that's me for just now but i'm publishing a number of other photographers books um over the coming year yep um i'm going to work with him again on that and okay, i want to really with the photographers so you know i try to these are people who might not normally publish so i'm trying to kind of create a space there for people who maybe are a bit shy of going down you know a certain line yeah and giving them sort of the same thing i had you know in terms of you know if you you just need that confidence boost to get it out there absolutely yeah yeah, so someone, having yeah someone someone who supports and believes in what you're doing and and can present the opportunities and as you say and as we've talked about it doesn't need to be 500 page 200 page yeah. hardback books but it's it's an opportunity for people to get their work out there and you look at some of the great work that another place press have done with their mm-hmm. field notes series and obviously um wells and cozy books started with their landscape editions many many years ago and there's mm-hmm. other ones out there um, and it's great there's i think there's a space for everyone to to do to do yeah. the work that always fits in with a particular style and theme of work as well I've been blown away just by the sheer variety of good work there is um, just in, yep. that, in that field of those kind of, I don't know, I think I had this conversation with Andy Adams of Flack Photo Books. It's like, yep. are they books or are they like photo pamphlets in the same way that you'd have, you know, um, poetry pamphlets, you know, but yep. I think I'm just maybe getting too hung up on the terminology, you know, yeah. they're just great little affordable things, you know. So. Yeah, they're, they're books, they're zines, whatever you want to call it. I, I view them all as, as books. It's something you can pick up, you can look through it, doesn't fall to yep. bits and and it and it, it goes back and they've all they've all got their place um 
and they, they all add something to it as well. And you can you can take inspiration yeah. from it, regardless of whether it's. And sometimes it's actually quite nice to see a small body of work of sixteen images or twenty images that's been mm-hmm. coherently put together in, in, in a nice package, nice set. Um, whereas actually, maybe if it was sixty images of the same subject matter, it would actually lose a bit of its a bit of its appeal, and and Ooh. you might tire a wee bit of 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 by the time you reach the end of it, whereas actually some things are, are meant for small small sizes. Yeah, there's, there's an immediacy in those small books. Yeah. I mean, even the first book I did, you know, I think it was 128 pages. And, you know, I'd like to have had less images than that almost because then you, again, you have that immediacy and you've got yeah. that very clearly curated uh, series of images. Um, and that was the Kilda one, you know, and you end up maybe, maybe there's some repetition in there which makes it a bit clunkier that, you know, things like that you just want to kind of refine. Yes. Um, but yeah, so for me, taking time to consider it now and looking at this, 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 this new format with smaller books is, um, yeah, it's kind of a godsend. It's, it's very liberating. Um, yeah. You know, it takes so much pressure off this idea yeah. of... Well, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, we obviously mentioned Mark Wilson and he's got his hmm. new book coming out, but he also did the, he also, he's only done one, but he did the, the travel log book as well, which yeah. was lovely because it was just a really, really small size book i've got it somewhere um but it was a lovely just a total variation from when you're working on a book that's got 700 odd pages and the last stands is not a small book either actually to bring something out that's really quite small compact and very different is really quite nice and, and quite refreshing mm, i mean completely um with the next books i'm bringing out they're quite large things yes um but to do these in between has been yep. not, not like a palate cleanser but it's kind of like sh- giving me a shake up and kind yeah. of made me think yeah, you can do things in a new and fun way. And yeah, so yep. yeah, I'd recommend it to anyone um, to go down that route, you know, for yeah. sure. Well, that's yeah. it. And I, th- I think self-publishing, be it through Wells or you've obviously got mm-hmm. various online services now as well. And you see the quality that comes out for that. And and it really is such of a high standard these days that, yeah. that people so can So straightforward. You know? Yeah, and you, uh, can have, you can have a box of 50 zines by the end of the week sort of thing or 50, 50 books that just allow you to share your work with your friends, family, and, 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 and the rest of the community. Just I think if you get something that's pretty affordable or accessible, I think there's there's such a good, particularly online, great community of people who are interested in seeing work in the printed form. Last thing, I just, I just think back to, you know, again, affordability is such a major thing, yep. you know, um, because again, there's such a barrier for some people in terms of collecting or getting into things. You know, and when I go into like street level in Glasgow yes. or the Gallery in Edinburgh, and you see that wall of zines, you just think that's so great. I can, you know, yeah. I've talked for magazine, it costs like 15 pounds now, but you can buy maybe two or three zines for that price and go home with these great things which are supporting photographers. So yes, yeah, I feel really positive about it. And it's just, it's so healthy yeah. to see all that out there now, you know? Uh, absolutely. And, and- for me, all the books I've got, I enjoy and I buy just as many zines or small books as I do buy the huge big books. And as you say, it's like you're looking at books, 60 quid. Well, I can support mm. probably five to 10 photographers for, for the price of that. So it's it's balancing it up and you think, well, actually, and it's not just, it's not just don't just buy them for the sake of buying them, but it's also opening your eyes to new different work and, and new inspirations sure, yeah. and new it's ideas. Of, yeah, that's yeah. such an important thing. Like, new ideas yeah. a way of doing things so obviously you're you've now got the bug for self-publishing so i i'm assuming for your future books you'll you'll go down the self-publishing route yeah um well i'm contracted to do some books with right. my current publisher um, and yeah. we've been great and very supportive 
but because of COVID, it's really changed everything, you know, right. in terms of um, contracts are not quite what they were, and you know, there's some yep. flexibility for things, and you know, I, you know, I'm very lucky to be with with a publisher who will support yes. what I do. Um, but I think with some projects, I just with with a publisher, you've got deadlines, you know. Yes. And a friend of mine is a poetry publisher, and he said, you know, no book ever suffered from taking time. Yeah. You know. And I think for me, you know, like I shot a huge series. I, I went to the Faroe Islands for a couple of years yep. and spent, you know, I spent months there photographing people and landscapes. And I just try and think the best way to present that work, you know, and I made that work six years ago yep. and I'm still thinking about how best to present it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so well, I'm not, I'm not a fast photographer. <laughs> well, that, well, that's it. And the thing is, it's um, obviously you, you, you start thinking about how best to present it, but then, the way things have been presented over the last 15 months have changed mm. as well. So there's always new ways of, of coming, of coming out and, and how best and how best to do things and, and how do you actually re- reach the biggest audience? And okay, there's, you've got the downside of being on, on social media and nothing's in person, but actually doing something digitally, it allows you to reach an audience of people that you would never otherwise previously reach because yeah. they, they can't travel. And I think it's also, I think it's getting a blended version of that. But as you say, it's, it's the challenge of, you might think you've got the best way of presenting a body of work. And then all of a sudden you see some new form that someone's done and you think, Oh, that might be quite good. So you go back to the drawing table and so begins yeah. the vicious, vicious cycle of a, how do I actually how do I actually show this work again? It's, yes, it's kind of iterative. I mean, there's always something going on, feeding yeah. back, and ideas changing. And you know, I do think, oh, I'm going to do it this way. And then, like you say, you go, oh, maybe maybe try a different approach. And then you kind of get into a bit of a circle. I mean, yeah. th- these books, these two, Halleck and The Broken Land, it just took me a long time to kind of get over myself and go, you know what, just do it and yeah. have a good reason to do it and just get out there and, and i'm glad you know they're not perfect there's things i would have changed but yeah. nothing is perfect and i need to oh. kind of learn to get yeah. over that you know? yeah so. you, you you could you could do them again and uh, make the adjustments that you don't think are perfect they'll come out and you you know fine well you'll then see oh no that's not quite right and you'll be on your 10th edition and it'll still not be it'll still not be perfect <laughs> but that but that's part and parcel of it I, at the end of the day it captures a moment in time um, sure. and, and and that's what these things always do. And um, but they're they're both beautiful books. Really pleased to have them um, because I just think yeah they, they sit so nicely and such nice something really nice and something quite different as well. Which is I think always what I'm I'm looking for as well. It's it's not just getting the, the same same repetitive yeah, stuff yeah. that is quite quite easy to see. Um, so yeah, obviously talking about books, um, I'm always very curious and interested to know what uh, what inspires uh, guests in the podcast. So um, mm-hmm. I always ask maybe three or five of your favourite photo books. I don't allow any more really. There's one or two okay. exceptions to that because otherwise it would become too easy. Whereas it's always it's always a challenging part to to just see what what does inspire you. Okay, well. Um, I'm kind of lucky and unlucky at the moment because um, my, my entire library is currently in a crate, um, yeah. I think in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Um, so it kind of forced me to think, you know, yeah. what books mean a lot to me or what books have I really enjoyed. Um, so I just kind of wrote down the first kind of couple of books which came to mind. Some will be kind of more obvious, I suppose, than others. But yeah. I mean, the first, the, probably an obvious one, people who kind of know what I do is, um, you know, Sally Mann's work was super... Um, like really important to me yep. um, when I first started out. I went to her show at the Photographer's Gallery in London yep. and um, that just made me want to get into the wet plate collodion thing immediately because 
the way she blended history with all process was just like for me it just like a light bulb went off yep and um, yeah her books such as like um like deep south which showed you know some of the kind of uh, more problematic landscapes of of um of her birth yeah um um was kind of spoke to me because i wanted to look at some of the the, the traumatic or problematic landscapes in scotland and ireland yep um and then the collection of her work, A Thousand Crossings, which if you don't have it, it's, you know, it's a colossal book and it costs, right. you know, it's, I think it costs like 30, 40 pounds, but it's a great career overview oh, right. of everything yeah. she's done. Um, that's, that book is, I'd recommend that. But recently, um, before I left Scotland, the last book I bought of hers um, was called Second Sight. And that's the very first book she ever did um, right. from 1984, which is the year I was born. And that shows the kind of early development of, of her work, you know, kind yep. of the visual imagery. Um, anyway, two, I suppose, should move on. Um, Werner Kisling um, is a photographer who maybe is not like a very well-known name, but he brought out a book called, um, well, he didn't bring out a book. Um, he photographed in the 1930s on Eriske. All right. Like, well, before um, Paul Strand went to, yes. you know, the Hebrides, and um, he, he hired a yacht and he took a camera with him and he, he documented the community, the very south of the Hebrides in Eriske. And these are beautiful pictures which are sympathetic, you know, to the people who live there. You know, they're not patronising. Yep. He was an anthropologist, um, right. but he's pictures of early Hebrides, not early, early images of Hebridean life, you know, yes. which are just, just some of the most stunning photography I've seen. Um, he also made a film called... Uh, a poem of remote lives, which I think is one of the first films made of Gaelic speakers, you know. Um, and it's just these books were brought out by Mike Russell, who was right. um, uh, an SNP MSP. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, still is, actually. Yeah, uh, but he's also a great writer about and great supporter of Scottish photography. So um, if you can get that book, A Poem of Remote Lives, and the second book he brought out about Werner Kisling, I'd really recommend it. You, All right. they're just absolutely stunning, Brilliant. stunning photography. Um, another one which is probably not a surprise for people is Faye Godwin. Yep. Um, I used her camera in the first St Kilda book and I did use it for a current project. Right. But her book, um, Our Forgotten Land, um, that and Land were books which, when I was a kid, they were in my local library. Yeah. And like everyone knows these books, like that and Remains of Element. Um, you know, they're kind of like standard, like standard photography textbooks, if you know what I mean, for landscape photography. Yeah. But Our Forbidden Land, which showed, you know, places, the kind of limits of where you can go um, as a photographer has always been something I've been really interested in, as yeah. in physically, you know, what are your, what are the borders you can reach? And for my, I'm doing a doctorate just now and I'm right. working with the military and I've been uh, pushing the limits with them of where I can go and photograph yep. um, for the last two years. So she's definitely been the big inspiration for that. Very and good. her entire approach, which is slow and methodical, yeah. Um, those crisp black and white images they're maybe not um, super in vogue at the moment yeah but that's okay I don't mind yeah. following don't have to follow the fashions no absolutely um, not um, okay two more choices yep so two more yep good okay cool um, so Ragnar Axelson um, yeah Ragnar is like a personal hero of mine and he's someone who um, I had to do great like probably highlight of my one of the highlights of my life other than my daughter of course was exhibiting with him and meeting him and spending a couple of days with him just oh, traveling around photographing um and his work um i mean faces of the north is the great 
portrait yeah. book of, Brilliant. of um, yeah it's just there's you know there are no words to describe some of the images in, in those books and yeah when you when you were mentioning your your photography in in Fair Islands I yeah. was in, I was immediately in the back of my mind thinking yeah faces of the north that's that's yeah. that's literally the first thing that jumped to me in terms of just the style that's, that's the thing because um with the Faroe stuff I sat down with Ragnar and um, I said, oh, I went to the Pharaohs and we spoke, we started chatting about people we'd photographed and we've been photographing the same people yeah. and, you know, obviously the same locations. And then when, so I said, this book's come together, actors very kindly, he's going to write the introduction to it, which is Brilliant. like a huge honor for me. Um, but to have, um, to have his images in my life now, um, yeah. even he brought out a book called Glacier, which, yeah. you know, I'd, re- I'd very much recommend if you're into aerial photography. And it's, it's kind of this, um, He's documenting because he's also a pilot, yes. you know. Um, he's been flying over, um, flying over the glaciers of Iceland, documenting them perhaps for the last time. And these yep. images are just, you know, um, they they inspired me to go out and buy a drone and photograph, you know, uh, the defence estate in Scotland. And yep. yeah, just constantly I see new things in his work, and you know, he's he's clearly a master of what he does. Um, so yeah, anything by Ragnar Axelsson. Yeah, his his new book, uh, Arctic Heroes, is on the on the dogs. Is it's a it's a big book, but it's just Mm. it's incredible again. And it it, it's just this. Okay, you're looking at the there are the obviously the humans in it as well. But when you're looking at the the pictures of the dogs, it just brings back the same thoughts that you you get when you look through Faces of the North and you you turn over and it's the it's the it's the human set within the landscape, which I think really it just. It just brings so much context to it. That's the thing, yeah. He just he has this eye which kind of you know it just roves around, and he sees just he he understands all the different elements of what makes yeah. a place. Um, I'm very lucky in that um, I have one of those dog prints, and right. that's why I'm walking this crate of my belongings because it's in there. So if, if anyone uh, wants to steal a Ragnar Axelsson print, you know I'll give you the. Yeah, reference code, code yeah. Reference code, and you can go and hijack a tanker. Um, but anyway, um, so that that's um, that's he's an important photographer for me. Yeah. And um, probably the last one is Richard Mizrach. Um, right. He probably best known for his like Desert Cantos series of books. Yeah. Um, he's also looked at pollution in the U.S. and that sort of thing and petrochemical work. But for me, um, my doctorate again is looking at military landscapes and his yeah. book Avo Two Zero is just incredible. Um, it looks at um, the sites of American um, nuclear um, and conventional warfare testing. Okay. And it's just full of these be- beautifully stark images of uh, landscapes which have been ravaged uh, by bombing and by weapons testing. But he doesn't leave it at that. He, he also looks closer and goes well what do we do with these landscapes and you know he looks at the archaeology of these places and he looks yep. at the potentiality of them and he comes up with this idea that they should be turned into national parks you know where where the kind of story of america's not just the story of america's um military machine but also the kind of you know the various um animal life and yep. um, yeah the flora and fauna of these places should be looked at closer so he's kind of like racks in that way he's he can look at these difficult narratives yeah Brilliant. Some fa- some fascinating suggestions there. There's a few. Uh, certainly, Faye's been mentioned a couple of times in the podcast, as is Sally and Ragnar as well, once or twice. Uh, so yeah, some great, uh, some great 
books there. Um, there's quite a few that I don't have, so it's always one of the downsides of it because I then spend days Googling them all to see which ones yeah. are just ridiculously expensive and which ones are maybe slightly affordable. But at the same time, I don't, I, I certainly don't buy them all. But what it does is mm-hmm. it opens your eyes to new new photographers, new names. And sure. and if not if nothing else, you be, you begin to explore their work online and it might influence or 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 give you some ideas for yourself. So I, I always find it really quite fascinating to see how to see how the books your favorite books relate to your your work as well because generally there's always something in there that's maybe a slight curveball that you weren't expecting yeah that's the thing and i just try to think you know when i i, I could pack a very small amount of books to come with me yep. you know and um yeah one of them that i should i know i'm going over my, my oh no quota here. um you know francis scott's uh, undertow book yeah uh, yeah i've got a few of their books here and you know just they're just beautifully produced little things and um, I just I thought I'd have them close, you know, because they're they're inspirational. They they yeah. make me kind of look um, look at the world a bit differently. Yeah, brilliant. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, Alex. Thank you very much for for joining me to talk about your 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 recent published books and also your work in general. And it, it'll, I really look forward to seeing what uh, what work you produce, particularly with the military work. I think it's yeah quite a fascinating insight and area that many of us don't get access to. So yeah, thank you very much for your time. Cheers, Alex. Thank you so much. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye.